0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Field of View podcast. I really do want to be here. It's not like I don't want to be here. My voice may sound like I don't want to be here, but I want to be here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're starting off like this. My name's Brian. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. And I'm joined by a person who you're waiting patiently for Monday Night Football. So we're going to try to get this done as quickly as we can, I hope, because we don't want to interrupt your Monday Night Football. This is how you do.
1: I'm doing that right. And also about that, it's gonna get interrupted anyway by internet lag, so I wouldn't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: other, than, uh, other than that, I'm just preparing for this Sunday, the, the Sunday Super Game Lab Mini Manger over at the Game Lab over in R- downtown Riverside next to the Fox Theater. And I'm hoping to do well there.
0: Yeah, if you guys want to head, if you guys are in the area you actually want to join the tournament, go ahead and head over. I, I might be there hanging out and possibly participating. We don't know. If I participate, it's going to end very badly. So be prepared to laugh or just kind of scrutinize me. But don't scrutinize me on my topics we're talking about. I know sports. I don't know what's going on today. Um, just to uh, mention uh, so, a couple of uh, housekeeping things. Um, last week's episode, we did have to cut the first half because there were some uh, some errors that we we had to cut uh, as a team. Our editors uh, and our advisor, uh, we they made the decision to to uh, to cut the first half. We did keep the interview, so make sure you check out that interview with Maya. It was really good. Um, and do apologize for the errors, but uh, we'll make sure in the future to make sure we don't make those errors again. Um, also, we're actually gonna be trying a new format for the for the new for the episodes now um so you'll you'll hear it as it goes so uh no more main topic of like a certain sport we're gonna talk about more like sports topics general topics and then um I also want to kind of preview but not like go in depth into it because I'm gonna do a, my own kind of research onto this um we're gonna hopefully have Maya back on next week uh we're gonna talk a really heavy topic that's going on related to women's sports so uh make sure you come back next uh next week to hear that episode it's it's gonna be an interesting one um for sure but with that being said all the housekeeping I hope you guys are ready or heading right into the news scrum finally we're in the postseason for baseball after like 300 games it seems like we finally made it to the playoffs and the uh the wild card teams that moved on from the from uh those games were the Dodgers and the Red Sox Dodgers beating the Cardinals which sad face for me I thought the Cardinals Cardinals would have moved on but oh well, um Yankees uh, were eliminated by the Red Sox and uh the first uh, uh the games from the ALDS American League Divisional Series, uh Astros uh, it, one of the series is Astros versus the White Sox, Houston leads two to one with uh wins in game one and two. Game one was a six to one win, and then game two was a 94 win. White Sox won game three last night, 12 to 6. And in the other series, Red Sox versus Rays, um the uh, the Red Red Sox lead the series two to one with wins in game uh games two and three. Game two was a fourteen-to-six uh win, and then game three was six to four. Uh Tampa won the first game five-nothing. And then heading over to the uh opposing division, the NLDS National League divisional series, the Brewers have been facing the Atlanta Braves. The Braves lead the series two to one with a victory in game two and three, both by the margins of three to nothing. And and then milwaukee won game one two to one and then the series everybody has been pining for the rematch how many times have they faced each other this season i would assume at least five but i
1: don't know how many times divisional rivals go against other per year it's too many
0: times <laughs> the dodgers and the giants have been facing each other in the series the series is currently tied one all san francisco won game one four to nothing and la won game two nine to two um these these matches have been interesting we've been watching well, you've been watching a lot more than I have kind of what what have you been your thoughts especially there and we'll mention something that's been going on in in the ALDS but kind of your overall thoughts Sisu, because you have a little more insight than I do in this
1: my overall thoughts are just like these teams have been going at it you know trying to prove that they can be on the championship run that they want to be like yeah teams that want to get back into the World Series like Tampa Bay like the Los Angeles Dodgers and then you also have teams that are trying to redeem themselves from you know past misfortunes like the Houston Astros and then you got newcomers such as the Chicago White Sox wanting to prove that their run was not because of a weak division, but yeah, the games have been something like intense all around, other than like the somewhat somewhat blowouts that we had for two games.
0: Yeah, it seems like the uh, it's it's been really intense. Um, it, it seems like they've been good backs and force. And um, before we came on, well, last night it came out um, news relating to the Astros White Sox series. On the note of the White Sox, that the relief hitter for the White Sox uh, is accusing the Astros for. Revisiting their controversial sign-stealing um, tactics um, in the in the current series, um, we were right before we came on. We were I uh, we happened to come across an article from ESPN that that they intro- they asked the uh, the Astros head coach about it, and he just said that these are just heavy accusations from the White Sox. Um, I know you were kind of you were you saw this first. Is kind of kind of what kind of walk us through that the 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 accusation there? The
1: accusation for the sign stealing is coming. From White Sox reliever Ryan Tepera, and that they supposedly been stealing signs from Game One to Game Two. But again, like, it's a heavy accusation because I think what you reported that they were being under heavy supervision, and then they did this before 2017, 2018. They did it before, and now they're, the White now Tepeta is implying that they're doing it again. But like from what I read the, in that article, they didn't provide any evidence.
0: Yeah, so I, I would imagine the MLB will will be looking into this. Um, and regarding what I I was just speculating that they would be under heavy scrutiny, just because we're not too far away from from 2017 when that last happened, so I'd imagine the the MLB as a section body are are watching the actions of the Astros very closely on the uh, on the ball in the in the ballpark on the field. So uh, we'll we'll be keeping this story updated for sure at, as it develops. Uh, moving to the world of soccer, Concacaf uh, World Cup qualifiers entered the second window, uh, the second set three games uh for the qualifiers uh games started on the 7th of October with a with four games uh all 18 in participation uh, the US faced Jamaica at home with a two to win 2-0 loss uh two goals thanks to Ricardo Pepe who is completely on fire um, myself and um our our newspaper advisor were we're kind of briefly talking about we were in a meeting uh between uh, ourselves and uh, our editors and and himself last week and we were talking about uh, Ricardo Pepe Man, this kid's on fire. He's uh, he, he is something needed for the U.S., especially in a position of, like, the number nine role. The U.S. has not had, like, a true striker in the past. So it's really good to have a player like that as versatile. And he's super young, so a lot of people are speculating that he'll be going over to, uh, a lot of the experts, sorry, are, are speculating he'll eventually go to European soccer clubs to play over there. So that'd be awesome for his development if he does that in, in the near future. In uh, the other games for that first, that first win, the first day of games um Mexico tied a 1-1 with Canada uh at home El Salvador oh I'm so happy I was happy but we'll we'll get to the we'll get to my sadness uh, <laughs> uh they won at home one nothing against Panama uh crucial one nothing win for them and then Costa Rica tied nil nil uh with uh Honduras it was a really hard fart game hot hard fought game yeah you can see I'm not using my words correctly today uh <laughs> huge shave from goalkeeper Kayler. Navas, uh, so uh, that was the first set of games. Uh, during that day, the top four were the United States, Mexico, Canada, and Panama. Uh, for those who don't know, in the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, 3.5 teams move on, three get automatic bids into the World Cup, and the fourth team, which is the .5, goes into a playoff matchup with um, another team, I believe is normally from the Asian Football Conference or the Oceanic Football Conference. That's been the opponent the last two World Cups uh for the uh calf playoff representative and then uh in the matchups from last night uh it was uh, uh oh boy it wasn't fun at all for the uh well partially partially like i i was two out of three i was one for three and two of those teams that i support because my heritage is from there uh we facing each other so i didn't know how to feel uh panama beat uh, beat the united states at home one nothing um putting a head coach greg Berthalter under a lot of scrutiny um he did seven changes from the 2-0 win against jamaica at home going into this matchup did not work out and then cost them the match. mexico won three nuts three nothing versus honduras a very polarizing game um there's always controversy when mexico plays in uh their home stadium estadio uh, azteca so there there's some stuff we can get into there was a there's a red card that i feel like should have been a yellow and then a the red card for a Mexican player that was not showing a card at all so that's kind of my two cents on that game and then the matchup i was alluding to because of my heritage Costa Rica versus El Salvador. Uh, my grandmother's from Costa Rica and my parents are from El Salvador. So I have heritage in both countries. Costa Rica beat El Salvador 2-1. to one. Uh, El Salvador had the lead early on, but then Costa Rica in the second half tied it. And then for a uh, due to an error by the goalie caused the penalty, which gave the 2-1 to one lead to Costa Rica and the eventual win. Uh, Jamaica tied 0-0 with Canada, which uh, it was a pretty good game. I was watching it on and off while I was watching the other matchups and it was a really good game uh going into the wednesday matchups the current top four is mexico united states panama and canada um right now would be into the world cup uh really interesting set of games um looking forward to hopefully redemption from <laughs> from some of these teams but um you have any any thoughts on these jesus how does the united
1: states go from two to zero victory over jamaica to losing i mean obviously the lineup changes were a big pivotal part but like where are were they trying to do
0: something that kind of didn't expect? Was that the plan? Um, I've heard, and I've been doing a lot of listening. Um, when it came to coverage about this game and kind of the uh, the professionals' thoughts on this, and and from what I saw, and the the general consensus is this that the def- not even the d- defense, it was just execution on passes and movements was so sloppy. Uh goalkeeper, Matt Turner, was really really not confident at all. He seemed really not nervous or scared, but he seemed really hesitant to what he's been. Um, it's the confidence wasn't there. I, there was players who did good jobs. And even during the game, there was a couple of substitutions that were questionable. Uh, Musa, which is, was doing a really good game for the United States had a, uh, had struck was subbed off. So um, kind of sucks for the U S there, but these are, these are things that the head coach or halter needs to uh, learn and adapt because uh, one thing he said from the Jamaica game, is we can trap ourselves, paraphrasing what he said, is we can trap ourselves if we think we're great and we're going to get our butts beat in Panama if we think we're the we're this big team that already qualified and that's pretty much what happened. The U.S. beat themselves, so uh, hopefully they'll turn that around in the matchup coming up on Wednesday. Uh, from there, we're going to the ro- world of racing. The Formula 1 Turkish GP was, oh my goodness, uh, Jesus, you, you walk us through this one. Walk us through this one, Jesus. Yeah,
1: I was watching the whole race. It was, eh surprisingly boring from my perspective
0: it's it seemed like it was one of the more boring races of the, it, it seems like one of the more lackluster courses in my opinion but um the winner for this race kind of surprised me when I woke up I didn't get to see the race I saw I saw the highlights um I know that um Sergio Perez had a really good battle with Lewis Hamilton but the winner of this race I kind of called it that this was going to be one of the races he could win who is our winner Jesus our winner is Valtteri Batas, which I didn't think we we kind of agreed he we didn't think he was gonna win after russia didn't we yeah i think we sort of agreed on that i think you might have called him winning a turkey i i i, ca- I kind of briefly in our first episode i in the uh in the f1 uh mid-season review i kind of called either russia or turkey could have been the last two places he could have won and it seems like turkey was the place to get um his magic the interesting thing is it's straight up redemption for valtteri Bottas because last year in the turkish gp um he spun a total i think i saw 14 times in the like that, fourteen sixteen. <laughs>
1: I also want to bring this up. He won on World Porch Day as a mis- miscellaneous information.
0: <laughs> there you go. Um, let's close out the podium. Uh, Max Verstappen finished second. Sergio Perez, as I alluded, had a really good battle with Lewis Hamilton, which earned him the final step on the podium in third. Max Verstappen takes the championship lead. Uh, Lewis Hamilton finished fifth, loses points to uh, Max. Um, questions for you, Jesus. How how do you think the, this result with Lewis dropping points to Max gonna, is going to affect the final six races for the championship.
1: It's going to be affecting him a good while because when I heard the radio, Hamilton was supposed to be wanting to stay on those enters for like the whole race because Esteban Ocon for Alpine, he went the whole race in that same pair of enters from the beginning. Hamilton was tempted to do that too, but ultimately chose not to and that kind of cost them at the end.
0: From what I heard, it seemed like it was more the team's decision than his, right? It seemed like it. Gotcha. Yeah, it seemed like it. And then kind of looking forward in two weeks time for the next race which is the usgp at circus of the americas uh is there what do you think there's going to be any immediate implications co- coming off this Turkish gp heading into the usgp
1: i don't think so and i think the big reason is because of the wet weather unless unless we get a race for like the fourth like what is it like the third or no second week in a row where it's it rained
0: I, I doubt it it's uh, it's early it's going to be mid-october in texas texas already had their rain race with the uh with the uh echo park grand prix which was the NASCAR race that got f- pretty much flooded out so I highly <laughs> doubt it <laughs> yeah. uh, move- and although
1: Verstappen's leading the championship Mercedes are still winning the constructors
0: oh that's true I did I did fail to mention that so I do apologize um yeah Mercedes extending their championship lead in the constructors championship correct yep I
1: think
0: yeah so um good job for Mercedes on the constructors and surprisingly Valtteri Bottas as uh Daniel Ricardo likes to say won the turkish GP, so awesome for him uh from all the way in Turkey, we go to charlotte north carolina where the uh charlotte Robo 400 was being run it was a doozy i watched most almost all that race goodness gracious there was drama there was everything there was mechanical failures somebody fixed their alternator belt to win the race and that person was one california's kyle larson getting his seventh win of the season the most in a single season for him him personally so really good job for him and the team he actually i believe at the end of the second stage or the first stage something like that um was having alternate problems and had to switch the belt mid-race um so that was surprising um it was elimination race for the round of 12 of the playoffs uh player drivers that were eliminated were kevin Harvick, christopher bell william byron and alex bowman i will not go without saying that william byron put a hell of a drive he was leading lane on late caught co- like not late late caution but I believe about almost 10 left to go caution comes out Um, bunches the whole group back up allows uh Tyler Reddick who had an amazing drive a non-playoff car having a really good drive on the day Um, kind of not cost him was getting really racing with a playoff driver which kind of gets iffy it's kind of like in Formula 1 or any other sport well mainly racing where like a non-championship um eligible driver messes with the championship eligible driver that kind of happens so uh, I know Byron was not too pleased with Redick, but Redick had a really good job. Um, there was drama between uh, defending champion Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. They had some issues back in Bristol. Um, very, it was very public that they weren't too pleased with each other. Um, early on, I believe in the second stage of the race, um, uh, Harvick was racing in a group that involved that was uh, Elliott was leading, and then Harvick just decided not to uh, put the brakes heading into one of the corners, and pretty much took out uh, Chase Elliott um which actually didn't take him out uh chase Elliott uh, was able to repair the uh the the rear end of his car to be able to come back and finish it um actually later on in the third stage which is the final stage of the race uh he was making his way up through the field kevin harvick was the one leading a bunch of cars and people are calling karma i my kind of funny head is like he got scared that Elliott was gonna wreck him which i i really wish that wasn't the case but uh he missed the first turn headed in the wall and got essentially limited at that point um the drivers moving on to the round of eight after all of that mess and craziness that happened at the roval um kyle larson Denny Hamlin, martin truex jr kyle bush joey logano brad Keselowski, chase Elliott, and ryan blaney will be racing at texas motor speedway to open the round of eight and then from there they race at kansas and end at martinsville for to see who make this makes the champion the four drivers who move on to championship four so looking forward to that from there we're going to all of over the country in the United States. Uh NFL, it was crazy. Um <laughs> who just to quickly start off, who are your winners and uh who, who are your winners for the weekend, Jesus?
1: The obvious winner, the Buffalo Bills.
0: How do you make that statement win over the Chiefs? I, I was very happy and I will mention why in my fantasy up uh, but <laughs> but it, why why Jesus why I, obviously I know the win. I know the win last night was huge. I was watching the game the, the second half of the game uh, um, it, it's a huge win. Kind of is there is there showings of Buffalo is a way better team aside from like they should have won the AFC Championship last season, or or is this just like they're getting their things right this season?
1: No, this feels more like a getting things right thing because when I was overhearing the casters of the game, they were t- t- discussing about how teams are starting to figure out how to beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and they were just outright like, dominating that de- the Kansas City defense. They put up thirty eight points against that Chiefs defense which Dawson knocks the tight end he had an amazing game and that just goes to show how much this Bill Stephens offense has been improving under Josh Allen and then on top of that that defense they're holding Patrick Mahomes to under 20 points to 20 points that was just very
0: impressive it was it was it was genuinely surprising I didn't think that was gonna happen once I I turned on the uh uh, the I put the channel on I believe the latter portions of the second quarter and I was like what I was kind of surprised at the scoreline it was like I think like 28 to ten at that point something like that but I was like oh boy um any any other winners this weekend for you one last one the Los Angeles Chargers ooh I agree with that um they've been good as of late haven't they they
1: have been but this was one game they absolutely had to win and they went ahead and did it wow over 80 points were scored and they got the game winning drive thanks to Austin Eckler but really, the attention should go towards sophomore quarterback Justin Herbert. He has been
0: amazing. He, he he genuinely has been. When I saw the game last week against Vegas, he was just he's on he if if L if L A Chargers can get a good team around him, they they can genuinely do good things. Um, any losers for this weekend for you? I got two. The first one yep. is
1: obviously Kansas City.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for obvious reasons we've stated in the past, just kind of offensive line. It, the defense I know, wasn't.
1: I wanted to add. There could be, Offense is getting too cocky.
0: I feel like they're too confident with themselves, so it 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 goes to I think it goes to the offensive line kind of problem that I've, we've mentioned before. So um that that's a thing. And uh, who is your other loser? Laughable. This is very laughable. Both field goal kickers
1: in the Packers Bengals game. I'm putting I'm gonna overall say to Cincinnati Bengals because that was a game
0: they should have won. That's <laughs> uh boy. Yeah, that that game was a thing. Yeah, I I I will just say I saw some highlights. I wasn't too. impressed impressed i i I can't give too much thoughts on it because i didn't oh boy
1: i can sum it up in this statement
0: Uh you're celebrating a field goal you miss jeez all right well i don't i don't want i don't want to do anything with that um movie um any i know you mentioned you kind of stand up players for me um i feel like the jets are just can't find their footing Jets are not a good team right now um denver denver's another team started off strong now lost two uh two straight so um i don't
1: know why they're not my losers you want to know why why they had a weak schedule to start
0: oh yeah that's true and now they're facing a lot more competitive teams so but still you would think uh, you were try to work around to make sure you're competitive with these even though they were competitive against pittsburgh uh i I feel like they could have done more to win that game, and I'm a Pittsburgh fan. Um, from there, my fantasy update I won another game, I won three straight. Hooray! Buffalo defense, uh, Devontae Adams and Leonard Fournette came up. They agree with me. Uh, that's been the news scrub from there. We're doing the RCC roundup. Uh, the women's volleyball team were uh, had a couple games, they had a game on the 6th of October. They it was a winning effort against San Diego Canyon, it was uh, three sets to one, uh, taking the opening set. They lost to second one, and then went on to win the third and final set, um, respectively, uh, the third set by 13, and then the final set by nine points. Uh, Miranda Gates had nine, had 16 kills, sorry, and then Jessica uh, Lippe had uh, 14 kills in the game, uh, most by either team on the day, and with that win, it snapped a four-game losing streak for the volleyball team, and then from there, they had another matchup on the 8th of October. It was a losing against Cyprus on the road. Um, I will say uh, Cyprus only has one win this season, so uh, one loss. Sorry, one loss this season. So they were facing a very strong opponent. Um, it was uh, they lost uh, the first set, uh, twenty-three to 13, second set, twenty-five to eleven, and final set was closer. Uh, they lost by the minimum two points, twenty-five to three. Uh, from there, we're heading over to the world of. Um, just to note, there were no stats for the play. Players on the volleyball for the uh, Cypress game, so I couldn't tell you what the uh, the um, who had what, who had kills, who didn't. But we will look for those to uh, kind of update you in next week's episode. From there, we move over to uh, the world of water. Uh, the men's water bowl team, uh, the women's team was on off week. Uh, make sure you look forward to their ne- their uh, their games this week uh, for the women's side. But the men's side had the RCC uh, tournament at Orange Coast College. In game one, they faced uh, Rio Hondo. They won the game. 16-9, to nine, uh, led the whole game, never trailed in this matchup at all, so good job by them. Uh, Sebastian De La Pena uh, Kenley had four goals on the match. Waja uh, Matik had a hat trick, and also uh, Luis Grandi had four goals on the match. Uh, goalkeepers for the game were Seth Zarn with seven saves uh, through three quarters, and then Pavel uh, Rostik uh, had uh, five... Okay, thank you, sir. Had five Five saves in one quarter. Uh the second matchup uh, of the tournament was against Golden West. It was a losing uh match against uh it was, it was sixteen to two uh to twelve, sorry. Uh uh trailed uh, close uh they trailed most uh of the three quarters um late in the third quarter. Uh were um were able to cut, were able to tie the matchup, and then um a couple seconds later, uh the Golden West team took the lead uh in the fourth. They were leading 12 to 10, but then allowed uh, six uh, goals in the closing minutes of the matchup. Uh, Reese Starkey uh, had a hat trick on the day. Um, Sebastian uh, De La Pena Kinsley, uh, Tommy Dempsey, and then Tanner uh, Childre, uh, Childers. Sorry, my brain's still not working. <laughs> I apologize if I butcher names. Um, all had two goals on the match. And then uh, goalkeepers uh, Ben Penny. Uh, it had two saves in one quarter. And then uh, Pavel had uh, uh, nine saves in three quarters. And then the final matchup of the tournament was against Grossmont. It was a losing uh, matchup. It was 16 to 12, as well as the previous game. Um, again, uh, there was no stats, so I couldn't give you uh, who scored what. But we will make sure to get those stats for the next episode. Uh, from there, we go to the World Cup Country. Uh, the men's and women's team were at the vanguard invite the women's team placed fifth overall at all runners placed within the top 65 their scoring runners top uh, actually placed within the top 38 uh their top two runners finished 11th and 25th rihanna rodriguez uh, placed 11th with a time of 1856 while helena uh, uh, valdez placed 25th with a time of 2005 on the men's side they actually were on the podium placed third overall all their runners were placed within the top 90 and all the scoring runners finished within the top 25 four runners were actually within the top 12 uh abel ramos finished fifth with a time of 25 20 <clears throat> gavin conant finished sixth with a time of 25 23 mario treves uh finished 11th with a time of 25 44 and rion uh, reyes finished 12th with a time of 25 46 so really good job by both teams at the vanguard invite from there we were actually jesus you were covering the basketball game this past it was an exhibition matchup against southwestern talk talk to us about it
1: yeah it was an exhibition game against southwestern college i'm I, 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 really <laughs> I apologize about that so yeah it was a game that didn't have any implications about the season but it was needed so that the players can once again get back into the action because but it's, it's been like over one and a half years since either of these teams took step in the court and i gotta say man it feels nice to be out there again
0: yeah i was there at that matchup with you uh i was just i was the photographer uh for your article there it, it they they were pretty good um uh I, it seemed like sometimes there's portions in the matchup where they would struggle a little bit but it seemed like it was it was really good to ha- not even just for us the spectators but it was nice to have um I, I would imagine for the players it was nice to be back on the court um i know you mentioned it's not an important matchup but i kind of view this as like let's say for the united states men's, united states men's national team more like like you're kind of prepping to see what players are going to be your starting, uh, your starting lineup. Uh, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it's for. No one's going to care about the score. They're just going to care about how the people did.
0: Well, they kind of do care. I would imagine some people would care about the score just because you, you kind of start to see like are against certain opponents, are they going to score a lot or are they? Is it going to be a lower scoring game? I feel like the scoreline actually does give you a bit of a gauge of what, like a little bit of a preview into the season. Wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, and the final score for that game, RCC beat Southwestern six. 6- to 48.
0: It was uh, it was a really uh, it was a really good matchup. I will say, uh, one of my kind of just kind of as like a spectator, maybe somebody who watches sports. They did foul a lot more than they should have. Um, I don't know. I don't know what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I actually ended up asking this question to head coach Philip Matthews about that because they got they got a whole lot of fouls in the third quarter, and what he said is that they were gambling a lot.
0: Which I would imagine in these kind of scenarios you can gamble a lot, but I know like I was close to. to I was next to the sideline and I was near the huddles and he wasn't too pleased with these, these fouls. So I, I know he's going to try to correct kind of taking coach Kraft's kind of philosophy of practice, um, moving it over to the, uh, uh, to the basketball team. I'd imagine that the coach is, uh, is going to make sure in practice that these, these fouls don't uh, come through again. I know you kind of, you also interviewed a couple of players, didn't you? Yeah, I
1: did. And I really, the standout player for the game was returning guard, Edward, Collins. He he had a great performance. He had four steals, two threes, two rebounds, fourteen points with one assist.
0: Really good, really good. And I know there was one other player you, uh, one of the guards you were able to uh to uh, talk with as well, right?
1: Yeah, another returning player by the name of Melvin Walker.
0: Yeah, and uh, I saw you uh you had placed in our notes that he had uh, a get a steal two assists uh, and no turnovers, uh, which I would yeah, imagine
1: that's a clean a- game. He played a clean game, but he did tell me he was kind of hurt at the
0: first half. Oh, that's interesting. That I would think early on you wouldn't want to try to risk those kind of things. Um, you want to risk those injuries on the court, especially in an exhibition game. But it, he seemed like he still played played a really good matchup. Um yeah, he said as, yeah, he said
1: that his teammates little hated him to continue and eventually he got over
0: it that's good actually when i was on the sideline um you can see there's a really big team morale there that it, it there's a there's a camaraderie that 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 the team has um i would imagine they have a couple new players but it seems like they they're they 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 get along very well which is really important heading into the uh the start of the season wouldn't you think yeah and
1: surprisingly when i interviewed collins he said that there were around four to five returning players from the last roster
0: wow yeah see that and that kind of goes on one say That that's really good that they have that camaraderie already just in an exhibition game. So really good job by them. Uh, Anything else to add about this game, Insus? I actually do. Team Stats,
1: when I interviewed the coach... He said he wasn't happy about their offensive performance because they had only seven assists the whole game and thirteen turnovers.
0: Oh wow, I I did not know that. Um, was he just more in like we're just not we're not helping each other as much, or were kind of kind of explain to us in what sense he was uh he wasn't too pleased? Because I, I get it, but then at the same time I kind of don't get it.
1: I mean the assists. I mean that just shows you that there's not enough teamwork going around offensively. It's not they're not playing a clean game, and then there were well, some offensive fouls that were called, and then they were. Just just pit, pit, pit. they were just giving away the ball whether it be an okay. offensive foul whether it be a travel or you know their own mishap
0: okay yeah that makes sense when you explain like that, that that kind of that that makes a lot of sense so uh for sure i, I would imagine coach is gonna drill that through practice um taking again coach craft's kind of uh statement from uh from when i interviewed him um which is a good statement when it comes to stuff like this you gotta gotta get it out in practice and get it ready for when the big games begin so uh looking forward to their season I believe they have one other exhibition game. I believe in two weeks' time, um, we'll, we'll likely we'll try to cover that one as well as they prepare for the regular season. From there, we will go to our main topic for the day. It's an interesting one. I kind of I don't know why. So when we began, when I first started thinking about re, when we we're showing the new for like h- how we format the the main topic, I wanted it to be more of like let's. I know it's a general sports topic, but I want I wanted to be something like and I, and I know I pitched this to to you to um to daniel to to leo and matt in that meeting we had and when i kind of thought of it i'm like we can talk something general but at the same time we got to think something something that gets gets everybody thinking if the listeners thinking not even just the listener gets ourselves thinking which leads me to my my question and which is our main topic what makes an athlete a legend or a recognizable player in their respective sports um i've done my research and i've given i'll have my own thoughts but i know you have your thoughts Susan. In your own research kind of kick us off all
1: right to me what makes a player recognizable and a legend is that well it first of all the stats obviously if they perform like these crazy MVP performances you'll be remembered for them you know the way that aaron Rodgers has done it for the green bay packers for all the years but also championships are another thing and whether or not you have been a good like good samaritan you know you know those like walter payton man of the year awards you know, stuff like that and to me the people that i think are the most recognizable whether <laughs> They're just legends for their own reasons. I think Tom Brady. I think of LeBron James. I think of Stephen Curry. And don't call me on this one, Peyton Manning.
0: <laughs> no, 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 uh, no arguments from me. He, he, what he's done is really beyond. Like, I know Tom is, is there. He's, he's, he's currently a legend on the field. But what Peyton's done, I, I feel like it's like beyond what Tom's done. Yeah. And then you look at Curry. Look, he revolutionized that three pointer. Yeah. That's true. Well, he had a, he had a really good team. That like that backed them in that kind of sense to to just like not even just revolutionize uh, how you how you take a three at the professional level even at the college level but I feel like you revolutionized with with that whole team they they gave a whole different playing style to the league that up until that point I, I hadn't seen and I, I'll be honest I I'm not a I'm not a fan of being a bandwagon a bandwagon fan but just seeing the style of play they they introduced kind of made me way more entertained to see their games than anything else
1: yeah and that's pretty much the way the Golden State Warriors have been but ever since that finals against Toronto Raptors I think things have been going downhill not because they've been losing but more because the injuries that affected them
0: that's true and and injuries can affect you but I I feel like it's like any great team and and I'll give I'll give my thoughts here in a second but it's teams will eventually find out what your tactics are and then you'll lose that spotlight of being like being this legendary team or this like high caliber team um so it, it's not I, the injuries were a part of it but at the same time i feel like it was more of a it was more like the league was, was starting to find out what their tactics were in in a way does that make sense
1: yeah and i want to have a slide that. do you remember when we had the warriors against the Cavaliers for four years in a row
0: i don't want to talk about those days those were those were the first two times were interesting when you got to the third and second time i mean the third and fourth time it kind of got boring yeah. <laughs> let's let's be Honest. Thanks to Um, Kevin Durant, honestly. Uh, oh kd uh i can't say much because uh, uh my, oh, my uh, won the
1: championship man
0: that's true no the only reason i i won't like bash on it is because my my best one of my best friends he's uh he was a he was a kd fan when he was back in uh in okc so <laughs> but um kind of giving my own two cents it was this put me to think and i've done my own research but i want to give my thoughts before i do anything and i know you have a couple questions um when i think of a legend i think of it kind of goes with what you're saying it, it, it it's somebody who's great on the respective field court pitch whatever you want to call it in their respective sport but I feel like what makes a legend is kind of what I alluded to with Peyton Manning the difference between Peyton and Tom is somebody who, who changes people's lives um I know Peyton Manning has done a lot more off the field than he's done like on the field he's a record setter he's this amazing guy that people football players quarterbacks want to look up to but I, I feel like and I know Tom Brady's done a lot off the field but I feel like Peyton Manny's done a lot more off the field than he has on the field to change people's lives. Um, kind of people in that kind of mindset that come, that kind of philosophy comes to my mind are like Forrest Griffin from the UFC. Uh, I remember I was having a conversation with my with my best friend and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember the good old days from Forrest Griffin and he revolutionized kind of like that heavyweight division after the Ultimate Fighter and it was I don't know it, it, it's just what he brought to to the octagon and not even just that. His his, his whole demeanor outside of the octagon you might mu- you would see his fights and you think oh man this is some scary dude who who can like easily like if you say one bad thing he'll he'll fight you and just break your face but he was honestly like a super humble down-to-earth guy um another guy who, another couple of players like tropal Palomalo from the Pittsburgh Steelers as much as I'm a fan he he's a genuinely like he's legendary for his defensive actions but also just like like an amazing person um Alex Morgan from the women side uh the women's u.s men's uh women's national team um just what she's done and we will actually mention her next week's episode relating to what we're going to cover um she's up she stands up for her teammates she she wants I, and i remember when i watched women's soccer i act, there was a point in my life where i liked women's soccer more than the men's side of the sport and i feel like that's more of what um alex morgan and another person who i'll group into this group hope solo who i know has had some controversial stuff happen but the the, i feel like when somebody revolutionizes their sport and changes people's lives off the court off the field or whatever like facilities they use they they, that make that elevates them to to like the the legend status um let's let's kind of mention from our own school um people like i would imagine you're a legend when you're injected inducted into the hall of fame um recently the 1964 men's basketball team was inducted into the hall of fame Uh, also uh alicia brown from Uh, she played uh, tennis for our school back in 2003 and then um, the marching band director um, and his wife Gary and Sheila Locke I actually was under their direction in that final year and the interesting fact about Gary um, he actually was the band director at my alma mater uh, Banning High School Um, he was the the director there uh, before the director that came after him which was uh, uh, Deliberto I can't remember a lot, his first name off the top, top of my head, but um, I always called him Mr. Delberto. Um, uh, Mr. Delberto was his predecessor, and he was the one who taught me my first uh years in band in when I was back in the fifth grade. And this kind of closing out my my marching band career with the guy who essentially kind of changed mar- marching band for my my area, it was crazy it was like it was an honor because you kind of saw what what he did. Um, I, I know I've talked a lot, I kind of want to get to your question to suz um you had a couple questions relating to what makes an athlete a, a legend or a recognizable player
1: yeah and that obviously goes back to the words like the off field action off the field or like off the sporting event action and you know you gotta do that because as, you gotta be like this person you gotta be in the community that really affects him. but also i wanted to mention this social media has been a big influence for the good and the bad because there will be people that will be praising these people but there will also be an amount of haters now do you think social media I found
0: too far with this i would think yes and and there's an a ag- uh, more on the hate side um here's an uh, here's the most recent example i was mentioning earlier on the drama between kevin harvick and chase elliott there's a lot of younger fans and there's a certain group of like older there's a lot of generations in racing of nascar racing that support chase elliott because he's this young guy he has the heritage in the sport and he's doing great his dad is awesome bill from dawson bill nascar champ champion chase is a champion multiple race winner everybody praises him but um here's where the hate comes in the issues he's had with kevin harvick um for me as a racing fan kevin harvick is a legend to this sport um for much as he's he's done he's not a bad guy it's more of like his on track action people are more scrutinizing but there was a couple years back when i went up to las vegas for for my for my other best friend's wedding and i got an i had gotten an uber to uh to his hotel from my hotel and then i had to uber, and then i ubered back from uh from his hotel to do to my hotel to get ready and it was so interesting because my uber driver on the way back actually hadn't had known kevin harvick and he knew he was part of like he had seen kevin in his upbringings where like he had mentioned and like most of the stuff he had mentioned it's like it's like vivid in my head and i'm trying to remember it i know it says i say it's vivid but i'm trying to remember it. it's counterproductive it's counterintuitive to what i'm saying but it makes sense in my head um but he he talked about like kevin just like sleeping on his then girlfriend's couch just so he can be at the races driving up um from bakersfield to uh, a track near las vegas to be able to compete or in sonoma county and then just knowing kind of that background to him going to the then uh bush series which is now the xfinity series the latter series to the cup series doing good and then when he was supposed to come up into the cup series he he came in. He came in the year Dale Earnhardt Sr. died, and he was supposed. He took over that number three. Uh, no, he didn't take over number three. He took over the famous uh, uh, Good Ranch sponsorship that was, was so synonymous with Dale Junior. With Dale Senior, sorry. And you got to live up to those shoes, which he he did with wins. And you can just imagine the scrutiny he got back then, which kind of ties in with the hate, because I would imagine that's the early hate he received. It's like, oh, you're not Dale Senior. You'll never be him. You'll never be at that level and that messes with some but he's persevered and got to the point where multiple race winner went on to win the 2014 champion but kind of tying it back into the recent drama um well not drama incidents he's had with chase elliott people are going out of portion on social media um they're saying he should just retire he's he's no longer the same guy he was he's a terrible driver which he hasn't had a win this season but he he is still a caliber driver i know i kind of went long on that but does that kind of tie into what like you're saying about like people who will like with the praises and like hate stuff that pe- that athletes get when they're considered legends or when people want to question their status of a status of a legend
1: yes and i actually wanted to go towards another aspect where after the british grand prix there was a lot of hate in formula one about Lewis hamilton and uh, that shunt with max there was a lot of hate afterward and it was obviously for the right reasons but you know they took it too far and obviously it got publicly with red bull it got they really went too far
0: yeah it did um i know i had a couple questions i kind of i want to i want to pick your brain on this one um we know some legends quote-unquote have had have done things in their past that are either either wrong or should not have been done or even criminal um does this affect their status as a legend oh yeah to
1: me it's a dependent factor because we could go back towards tom brady and the deflect gate scandal he had that gotten suspended for i think four games in 2017 if i got the year correct i can't and remember
0: the year off the top of my head
1: because it was a year after no it was 20, 2016 17 actually because uh he didn't get the suspension until after super bowl 50
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and even though most people consider him to be the greatest of all time in football that's what if you're gonna say the Deflategate scandal is the reason he's not gonna be to go like you're looking at one thing and not the whole thing like to me it's a dependent factor it's like if they've done enough bad things like former ufc champion john jones he's in a lot of like trouble with a lot you know he had he was the youngest champion now. He was a light heavyweight holder for a long time, and then decided to throw his career away by you know bad antics, and that's where you say he's not a legend anymore because he's done it too many times. To me, if you do it one time and then and then like come clean, then you you get what I mean with the dependent factor.
0: Yeah, no, and that's completely true. Like the one that kind of using that dependent factor that comes to mind is the Aaron Hernandez situation. Um, I I feel like he was stripped of I would want to say, obviously I I can't remember the case off the top my head. I don't want to give a final verdict. From my own opinion, but if everything was true, and again, I, I would need to revisit this to 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 give my actual. But I, I would in that kind of case, I I know he wouldn't he wouldn't be considered a legend anymore. Um, kind of just from there, kind of moving on to like kind of what I found in my own research. Doing this, I found an article from uh from uh it's the sites. Uh, it was pretty much was uh, a sports management degree guide. Um, some of the th- it, it it was a list that um had the top twenty traits of a high performing player and some of the ones that kind of stood out to me were that they're a natural goal setter uh appreciation of the sport their optimism were, were just some of the things and something that overlapped with an article that i found uh from the medium was the the desire to succeed and, and this is a a quote uh from the article from the medium which kind of some of the things that are mentioned actually overlapped with some of the other choice traits that i didn't mention uh from that uh that that uh that sports manager guide um the, the quote says um again and i quote uh legends possess a desire to succeed uh the killer instinct pushes an athlete to the uh pushes the athlete the extra mile whether it be exerting energy on a fast break uh making risky passes or making the spontaneous decision that can make the difference between a win and a loss and that kind of overlaps with the uh some some of the stuff like the killer instinct uh the desire to succeed and then exerting uh, uh well kind of making the decisions can be the difference or some of the things that overlap that I found between both articles. Um I know you had one other question, Jesus, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll take that one to uh to to wrap it up there. And what was your what was your, your last question there, Jesus? It was
1: another thing with social media and I'll my last question was has social okay uh, I was gonna read this word by word. Has social media been a problem with the, some of the legends accomplishments?
0: I would think yeah um kind of like going back to let's say the uh, let's, let's use the the Lewis Hamilton um thing uh the, the Lewis Hamilton Mass for sap in- incident I feel like it, it 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 does it does in a way uh it does have a problem because now you have thousands if not millions of people throwing their opinion and then there's a good portion that agree with Lewis that it's fine it was a racing incident but then you have a good portion and sometimes a casual portion who are just like no this guy shouldn't be a legend this guy is a menace to the sport he could have killed someone in X y and Z so that i feel like it it, it sometimes becomes social media can in recent days it it, it has been a problem with the accomplishments uh if that kind of makes sense yeah
1: i can see it because as you know going back to the whole ufc thing it's normal for five years to trash talk but like if if things leak about you being in trouble like the way john jones did like
0: what are you doing like yeah you're not
1: gonna you're not gonna do anything privately anymore now that social media is everywhere unless like unless everything's absolutely private
0: that's true that's true so just to kind of sum up our uh, thoughts, Seuss, what makes a legend for you? To me, it's stats, championships, and off-field ops off for action. And for my personal opinion, um, I agree with some of those, but I feel like it's more of the person makes the uh, the the legend. It kind of goes with the article that the the ten traits uh, article, and I, I I'll post the links to these um uh on the description. I'll try to make sure I add these because I want you I want people to to go out and seek. These articles and it's like do you agree or do you not agree? I, I want this to become a larger conversation. Um, it's kind of like with the being a natural goal, goal setter. Like I, I feel like not even as an athlete, these people set goals outside of the world of sports for themselves, like their own personal lives. And then they 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 have appreciation not of just their sport but of life, of their friendships, their their relationship with other people. Um, and then they're, they, that optimism that they have of of being to uh, kind of see the light in the darkness per se. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of our thoughts. If you have any more thoughts, make sure to let us know on social media about this. It's uh, this was an interesting. I I like this one. Um, it, did you did you uh, like this one, Sus?
1: Yeah, I knew. And before I said anything about sharing it with the social media, do it
0: nicely. No hate. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you are nice to each other in a social media. Uh, anything else, Sus, Before we wrap up, that you want to mention? Uh, other than the mini
1: major in Riverside for the Smash tournament. Nope.
0: Cool. Um. Oh well. Make sure to head over to and i'll make sure i'll uh, we'll add this but it's just has an article coming out for the basketball game so that's something to look forward to for sure <laughs> yes it um, with that uh listeners i hope you have enjoyed this episode of the field of View podcast before we head out just want to make sure you check out our other podcasts make sure you head over to the uh, uh viewpoints podcast network on your platform of choosing um uh, make sure you check out our shows um one of them is the awesome reruns shuffle. A TV podcast where uh, our editor-in-chief, Leo, and our multimedia editor, Tim, uh, re-watch and discuss different episodes of different TV shows every week. Uh, we're in Halloween month. Uh, it's October, and we are discussing how they're going to be discussing Halloween-themed episodes uh, for each episode this month. Uh, this past week's episode was The Simpsons Season 6, Episode 6. <laughs> See what they did there? They just needed one more six. Lol. Uh, it was The Treehouse of Horror her five so make sure you head over there and listen to halloween month over there and then also make sure to check out our other podcast uh which is the six by six theater it is a movie review podcast that you review smaller releases and actually big releases uh i'm actually on this past week's episode it's a long one <laughs> i we talked ab- about uh, ve- uh venom let there be carnage uh me and tim went in uh, in a bit of a tangent on that one for sure but make sure you head over there to hear Go Go will and tim on their thoughts on all movies and everything else and i know there's a bunch of other podcasts that we're in the that are in the works right now and we will let you know when those are releases released and i know our uh, our wonderful editor managing editor daniel who is in the rating room has an extra special podcast coming out soon i'm gonna keep on mentioning it until you do it daniel so ha uh <laughs> make sure you head over to our social media you can check out all of our articles all our sports articles our opinion pieces everybody's work we have an amazing team of writers and editors and reporters over on you can check us all out on viewpointsonline.org you can check us out on social media at, on Facebook you can check us out Riverside City College Viewpoints and check us out on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints uh, you can check out Jesus at super at
1: supernova on Twitter and yes I will be busy this Sunday
0: hey so make sure you head over to asus's twitter to follow that and then you can follow me on instagram you can check me out at brian underscore a underscore calderon or you can check me out on twitter at brian calderon 96 with that being said listeners i hope you have a wonderful week uh stay safe out there watch a lot of sports because i know me and asus do and we will catch you all in the next episode bye